Well, greetings, everybody. Welcome to episode 45 of Musical Connections. I'm your host, Zach Snow, and make sure you have your friends along with you. If you're tuning in to this week's show, we are going to be going down Brookfield Line, and we're going to pick up the guys from Brookfield Line as we're going to be talking with three of them on Next to Connect. The three members are Curtis Harding, Ryan Sheaves, and Len O'Neill. We talked to them all about how the group got started and uh, how their origins came from a Beatles tribute act titled Beatles for Sale. And we're going to talk about their brand new album, Pick Me Up, which came out last month. All that and more on Next to Connect. And we're going to get there, and we're going to get there right after this week's newfound releases. This week's new songs came out between September 24th and September 30th. We start out this week's newfound release with Central Newfoundland rapper Capo YQX with a little help from Alabin. Here is Real Low, right here on Newfound Releases. Baby, drop it, moving that ass to the flow. Shake it all night, yeah, bring it real low, baby, pop it. Pouring that liquor by the pole. Give a fuck now what your boyfriend know, now stop it. Swap that, bring another hoe. Smoking on Zod when she taking off her clothes. She in a jack, chop that, riding on the pole. Yeah. Throw it up back when she giving me some more. Yeah. Little bit, I'm trying to hit. She wanna come out with cap and smoke a rip. She got that body right, the ass is thick. She know it for the end of the night, she on this dick. Damn, like, whoa. We was just smoking and she sippin' on Patron I got it glistening, now she wanna hear me more Step back and listen, I got the shit up from the low Breaking the back and then I kick it to the door Yeah, break it, bring that ass to the floor Then shake it, shorty pull it up a fold and take it She ain't never seen all this bacon Baby, tell me how it is We be out running and I put a drink up in the mid All of these bitches and I be hitting with a friend Out on the tablet, I be tripping to the end All black, running back, bust that damn drop it, moving that ass to the floor Shake it all night, yeah Bring it real low, baby, pop it Pourin' that liquor by the pole Give a fuck now what your boyfriend know Now stop it, swap that, bring another hoe Smokin' on Zod when she takin' off her clothes She in love a jack, chop that, ridin' on the pole Throw it all back when she giving me yeah, some hoe Yeah, hit it with a bad one, Zach Shotty got a drink and the ass real fat Tell her throw back, got attached, she won't tell you where it's at I'ma put her on the line, hopin' she don't get attached Like, damn, kiss with the top down, Frosty Got the crowd bumpin', bet they all on me Ex-bitch Whole salty, tatted up, that's why your girl on me Got him back up in the party, yeah, they bumpin' band bro Screamin' out, Henny yellin' out, who the man? Stomped out, make a pussy do the runner, man Bass so loud, got him spinnin' like a ceiling fan Yeah, I'm shootin' bitches down like a free throw One cup, hella at about four more Hands up to the sky, hit them high notes Never fallin' down, actin' now, make the clip go Drop it, movin' that ass to the floor Shake it all night, yeah, bring it real low Baby, pop it, pourin' that liquor by the pole Give a fuck now Boyfriend, no, now stop it. Swap that, bring another hoe. Smoking on Zod when she taking off her clothes. She in love with Jack, chop that, riding on the pole. Throw it all back when she giving me some more. Yeah, uh. We dropped it real low for that one right there. Kappa, YQX, and Alaban on newfound releases. We now go to Justin Fancy. His new album, Whiskey and Me, came out last Friday, his second studio album in his new country direction. Here's one of my favorite tunes from that new record. With a little writing help from Jesse Slack, here is She's Mine on Newfound Releases. her coffee black on the freeway she can not work the guys she's not that typical type she's the last one to leave at a party but i'm thankful that i've got her think i'll keep her around there ain't no one else like her that i've ever found i like the truck that she drives i love the way that she rides like the badass look that she gives me she's a straight shooting Likes her whiskey on ice Stealing hearts 
small town world Likes to wear my hats at the balls She hates Chardonnay With a round of beer any day I'd like to think that she won't change I like the truck that she drives I love the way that she rides Like the badass look that she gives me She's a street shooting type Likes her whiskey on ice Stealing hearts from zero and Jesse Slack. That is She's Mine from Justin's brand new album, Whiskey and Me, right here on Newfound Releases. And a new album coming out next year will be from Len O'Neill, who is our next Newfound Release participant. Here's the lead single from his upcoming album, Out of View. This is Rebels in the Rubble, right here on Newfound Releases. Concrete playground We were rebels in the rubble Singing our troubles And the songs of Babylon Sending hymns to Bethlehem Recording the moon Singing a lonesome tune Singing the rain I will come soon You've yet to find out we
That is Len O'Neill from his upcoming album, Out of View, with Rebels in the Rubble on newfound releases. We now go to garage rock band Little Fauna. And a little fun fact about the lead singer, she's openly queer, which I feel is, is really cool, and we need more visible minorities in music. And uh, it'll really, you know, help the music scene grow even further and be more inclusive as well. Right now, here is Little Fauna's brand new tune. This is Miserable, right here on Newfound Releases. newfound releases and we wrap up this week's batch of new tunes with poor forms and they are a garage rock group here in town from their brand new album waiting for a signal this is old soul on newfound releases Still racing 
that puts a wrap on part one of the podcast newfound releases is over with of course if you want your song feature for newfound releases you gotta include these three things in your package the first is the song file that being either wave or mp3 form because i will need it for the podcast when i put it together two is press photos because i like to share what artists are being featured on newfound releases on my social media channels so uh, make sure you include a landscape photo of the band or of yourself Landscape or portrait, doesn't matter. As long as the photo is there, I can use it for socials. And production credits and a little bio about yourself as well in a Word document. Of course, if you include all those three things in your package, you're in for newfound releases. But most importantly, you got to send me the song because I appreciate Spotify links, but I'll need the file for when I put the podcast together. Of course, thank you to those who contributed releases for this past for uh, this podcast. Songs that came out between September 24th through the 30th. This week, I'll be looking for songs that came out from October the 1st to the 7th. And now it is time for Next to Connect. We're going to be uh, picking up three members of Brookfield Line. The album from them is called Pick Me Up. And we're going to be speaking to three members of Brookfield Line, that being Ryan that being Ryan Sheaves, Curtis Harding, and Len O'Neill. We talk about how they all came together through the tribute act of the Beatles, Beatles for Sale, and how that led to the formation of Brookfield Line, plus their new album, and a whole lot more. And they also tell me, and I also tell them what my and their favorite Beatles albums are. We're going to have all that for you right now on Next to Connect with three members of the pop rock group, Brookfield Line. Well, welcome back to Musical Connections. This is Next to Connect. I'm Zach Snow, and joining me right now are three members of the band Brookfield Line. Brookfield Line was founded off the uh, band Beatles for Sale, which is a tribute act to the legendary uh, foursome that dominated the 1960s. And the name comes from the album that came out that, that same year, Beatles for Sale in 1964. Well, out of that group came Brookfield Line. They recently released their brand new album, which is their debut, titled Pick Me Up, and they had a successful album release show at the Martini Bar last month. And joining me right now to talk all about it are three members of the band Brookfield Line. Joining me first is Curtis Harding. Curtis, how you doing, brother? Good, Zach. How about yourself? Lovely. Uh, next is Ryan Sheaves. How you doing, Ryan? Oh, great. So. Lovely, lovely. And the last one, who was uh, right here on time with us and... Uh, he does have that George Harrison look to him If for people who are viewing this on Zoom. Uh, joining me right now is Len O'Neill. Len, how you doing, brother? Hello, Zach. Hello, hello. 
Great to have you all on here. Congratulations again on the uh, successful debut album, Bro uh, Pick Me Up. Of course, the band name is Brookfield Line. But um, once again, congratulations again on the release of your uh, debut album and to your Music and Award nomination for Rock Artist of the Year. Um, just from hearing the uh, press conference about a couple of weeks ago, there were 500 applications for Music and Awards this year which is crazy to believe. It goes to show that like the music scene is as strong as ever here. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I guess we were inside for so long for a couple of years. <laughs> we had no choice. We got to keep writing, you know? Exactly, and uh, it really uh, showed here on this brand new record. Uh, we're going to play one of the songs uh, right after this conversation here on Next to Connect. But uh, first things first, uh, to all of you guys, uh, how are things in your world right now, guys? Yeah, pretty busy. good. Yeah, busy, good. Busy, yeah. I, uh, I personally, um, I worked uh, with the theater company all summer and uh, rehearsed with these guys. So now um, I have some shows with. Um, I'm, I'm actually leaving. Uh, I guess by now, by the time this airs, I'll be in Ontario uh, touring with my. I have a, a solo project myself. I'm releasing a solo, solo album uh, very soon, so I'm doing some touring myself. Oh wow. Um, Yes, currently, yeah. So, um, yeah, busy fall for sure. And this chant drove back, drove from like Trinity to St. John's like once a week to prepare <laughs> for the tour, and you know, uh, lots of six out. Yeah, I, yeah. I put <laughs> in about thirteen thousand kilometers in on the car for the summer. Yeah, yeah so that's rising. Cammy's right. So that's rising tide theater, correct? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful. How about yourself, Curtis, and uh, you too, Ryan? Um, yeah, I've just been keeping busy with basically this project. Um, you know, I lived in Toronto for eight years, so um, I came back for a visit um, in 2020, and I guess the pandemic hit, so I kind of just randomly decided to stay home, and that's kind of where this project formed, and, uh, you know, just being inspired and writing music and having fun while doing it, basically. But, uh, yeah, I've been keeping busy. And you, Ryan? Uh, yeah, much the same, you know, uh, and I guess involved in a few hand or a few uh, projects around town. I play with Cabot Power, like a fun band around town, and fairly active with them and with, with the guys here with a couple projects I guess we do is sort of, you know, double duty kind of thing. Two um, bands at once. Two bands at once, you know, <laughs> half the rehearsals and uh, double shows. shows. Yeah. Right? And, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's good. It's, it's, you know, it's a full plate, but it's, it's good. Absolutely. Now, I want to go back to your early days, and Len, I'm going to start with you on this. Uh, what inspired you guys to uh, pursue music? And Len, we'll uh, go with you first. Inspired me to pursue music? Um, I'm not sure. I um, I, there, I remember I was out, I, I probably picked up a guitar for the first time in maybe summer after grade nine. A friend of mine showed me how to play uh, Smoke on the Water, of course, which oh, wow. is very classic. And uh, <laughs> And uh, I just thought it was really neat. My dad had an acoustic guitar kicking around and sort of uh, played it and got into it. And all through high school, I sort of I was really into playing like more like metal music. Like I was into like Iron Maiden and Metallica and stuff. And um, then I, I sort of got interested in songwriting probably when I was uh, just about leaving high school. And uh, yeah, so I started playing. I think the first band I played in that played gigs was uh, called Sally Can't Dance. It was like an indie rock band from like 2007 or so. Like it's been a while. Wow. And I kind of, um, you know, played played in shows ever since then. I was in a band uh, called Those Lasers actually with this guy. Oh, nice. Uh, a number of years ago. Wow. Uh, yeah, we've been playing together for a long time. Yeah. Um, that was that band started probably 2011. Um, and then I played, I played at a band called uh, Green and Gold for a couple of years. That was sort of my, um, songwriting outlet kind of project. Um, yeah. And I think we started the Beatles band around the same time, 2013. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think what inspired me to start playing of this was just a love of music, you know, just wanting to play my favorite songs and probably wanted, initially wanting to like play my favorite guitar solos probably what got me into it. I don't even really play guitar anymore now, but, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I would say that. And I went to uh, Holy Heart here in town and there was lots of, uh, great musicians around and a good music program and stuff there. So I kind of like lucked out in that way and uh, learned a bit and, uh, yeah, I've been at it ever since. That's wonderful. What about you, Curtis? Uh, what, uh, inspired you to pursue music, uh, from your front? 
Um, probably just hearing the, the you know the, the 60s, 70s music for the first time. And my like, I remember being in my dad's car, and he put on um, a Paul McCartney record, and it was like a live album or something like that. And uh, I think it was like All My Loving came on. And I, and I asked, like, Dad, who's this? And, like, the shame. <laughs> like, it's the Beatles, Curtis. And, I, and then once I got to the end of the album, I was like, wow, that's that's amazing. And I went, um, immediately went home. We had, like, a little, like, you know, Walmart knockoff, like, a little, little tinny-sounding piano there. And I remember, like, <laughs> learning just, like, three chords of, like, Hey Jude, and then, like, a part of People Are Strange by the Doors, and invited my two friends over that were actually musicians <laughs> and i was like look i can play and i played it for them when they were like uh i don't know <laughs> yeah so i think that like motivated me i guess to be like oh man if i think this is good and it's not good i need to you know improve myself so oh, i yeah. tried to i guess and uh yourself ryan uh well i don't know uh, i guess I mean, I grew up in Port of Bass. There's a lot of musicians out there that are, you know, pretty, I guess, heavy hitters, you'd say. Wow. Uh, at least at a young age, that could, like, that would rip on whatever instrument. It's just sort of a, I don't know, there's a bit of a scene for that, like, I guess, virtuosity for instrumental music and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, my, old, my dad played guitar, and I, I remember the first time, actually, I learned that guitars could play, like, melodies and riffs and not just chords so I, thought, I don't know i was really like you know as a, like eight-year-old stuff i just like okay i try to get into it just a few chords but then i remember like learning like come as you are at like 11 or 12 and then that sort of that little simple riff i mean like oh okay it's like mm. we can do thing you know you can do a linear stuff and then it's like then it was like you know so when are we starting our nirvana? Nirvana. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know we're going down that road wow uh, come on. yeah and then it's just sort of hurt i gotta go mm. Same ending, right? Uh, Terrible. And then, uh, oh God. anyway, yeah, we, we it just went into, uh, you know, some hard rock and metal and stuff like that. And then, you know, I went to university to study music, and here we are. <laughs> you, you, you know what I find crazy about all your music taste? Len has, like, Iron Maiden Metallica. Um, you, Curtis, have the Beatles and, like, old school, like, Beach Boys, Rolling Stones. And then Ryan is all about the grunge scene with Nirvana and Pearl Jam. Right. Well, folk took over his soul. Yeah, I mean, I haven't really played that kind of music in a long time. I mean, I got really into like indie rock music, like bands like Winter Sleep and Hey Rosetta and like Arcade Fire. Uh, All that stuff was like the big stuff that I was into probably in my late teens and early 20s. Um, Yeah. And I think recently what I'm mostly into is like, it's mostly folk music and traditional Newfoundland music. Um, yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for these guys, I probably wouldn't even be playing any rock and roll music right now. Really. Oh, wow. So no, not that it's not a great time. It is a great time. It's just, oh, yeah. I've just changed what I've sort of gravitated towards. I worked at Fred's Records for a couple of years, and it really exposed me to a lot of music nice. that I wouldn't have heard otherwise. And it uh, kind of changed And we pace. talk about that sometimes. It's just like our different influences kind of just like... We, we kind of meet in the middle with rock, you know, like we all, we all love it, but like we all kind of come from somewhere a little bit different. So when we, when we write, you can, I feel like you can kind of feel that. And so, you know, like looking for a fool is a lot more, it's a song off the record. It's a lot more of like lens, like injection of folk into a rock song a bit more. Where like a lot of mine are like, you can clearly tell like I'm Beatle and Beach Boys obsessed. And oh, yeah. are a lot more bluesy and, you know, like rocking guitar <laughs> the whole time. So now you can probably see that on the record, I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, this band, uh, they had Brookfield line really, uh, was born off the, uh, tribute act that you guys do called Beatles for sale. It involves you three. And I believe Jordy Hines is part of this group as well. Dines. Yeah. Dines? Yeah, Dines yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. That's my bad there. But yeah, yourself, you three guys mm-hmm. and Jordy, Form the Beatles for Sale Tribute Act. And of course, uh, this comes off the uh, the title of this band comes off the record that uh, the Beatles put out in 1964 of the same name. So uh, tell me a little bit more about how this whole uh, Beatles for Sale thing came together. Uh, I think it was just me like looking around town. I think we, yeah. I, mess, I asked Georgie Newman 
to to do it. I think at the time, like uh, we we were all frequent uh, goers and players of the Levy, uh, which yeah. was a bar in St. John's, owned by Gene Brown back in the day. Uh, and then Georgie was like, I can't do it, but like. You know, these, 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 these that. Yeah, 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 we played in a band oh, yeah. together, right? Yes. Like yeah. Brian and, and uh, myself and this guy Steve Doyle used to play in a band together. And when Curtis asked Georgie to play, he recommended to get us because we were playing together all the time. And so okay. the Beatles for Sale band was basically our band that we were in, plus Curtis. Right. Uh, <laughs> playing, you know, yeah, uh, playing, Beatles. playing Beatles music instead. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which was when? 2013, right? Yeah, yeah, ten years ago. Ten years ago yeah. this year, last yeah. month or in August. Ten years ago in August. Yeah, that's yeah. insane. Two weeks ago, I think I got the memory of our first show pop, which was like Club One, believe it or not. It's like our first show ever was at the biggest venue in St. John's. Made oh, Club One. No sense, but that's um, yeah. I think a craft brewery is going in there now, right? Believe that's what they've been telling me. I, I, I'll see it when the sign says the coming soon comes down. And yes, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a bit of dust yeah. on that sign now. <laughs> And I wonder what the levy is now, because I believe I had the same conversation, I believe, with Donnie Cody about what the levy used to be. Uh, what is it now? Is it the Rock House or something, or am I thinking of a, something different? No. no. No, the Rock House is on George Street. Uh, like, it was this, the levy was called Valhalla. And it changed to a treble. Uh, it changed a couple of times. I don't I think now it's debunked. There's nothing. I don't think there's anything there now. Uh, I think the only thing up there is Pablo Love's Electric Miranda. Which is CBTGs used to be. Yeah. Uh, in any case. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I don't think it's anything. Yeah. 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 But the uh, heydays of the deck were, were sort of weird. Yeah. Yeah, treble. I'm thinking that it used to be the old Black Sheep. <laughs> no, no that, that's a place called Spirit, I think. That yeah. was, it was, uh, that's yeah. the old that Black Sheep. That's lobby sets, right? For yeah. A little bit. But now it's now Spirit. It's, yeah. it's called Spirit. Yeah. 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 So. I I, I feel like we need to do a documentary on um, the old bars that used to be there and why they're in their place now. So, like, uh, but, yeah. it's like St. John's Bars, where are they now? We need a, we need a bar historian. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of stories. There's a lot of stories. Yeah, I mean, that, the deck was a great place for, uh, especially for up-and-coming musicians. Yeah, like you know, 10 years, really. For, yeah, for a while. I played all my first shows there with a lot of yeah. bands. Oh, wow. Just, that's really where I learned I sent, to play. Yeah. I sent Gene, like, this terrible, like, you know, camcorder uh, like video of us just like screaming this like grunge rock song, and I I sent it to him. And I look I look back at the message recently. So I reconnected with Gene recently, and it was uh, I was like, how did he give me a chance to see this video? It was just like loud, like you could hardly hear the song. It was just in your face screaming, basically. But hey, he gave all of us a little shot. Just nice. Listen, someone's got to hear it, and someone's got to give you a chance, right? Because otherwise. If they don't give you a chance, where are you going to go? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing. I and mean, without those bars right now, there's not a lot of spaces for that kind of activity happen for young musicians. Right? Yeah. And I think Peter, the Peter Easton is a good example of offering yeah, space for true. like up and coming punk bands and stuff. But the the Levy and and CBs and stuff like the first time Brian and I played in a band together, we played a set at Le- CBTGs, and then we went across and played the Levy in the same night. I think. Oh yeah, double yeah. dipping we, and, right from the beginning. And and, and, I, and I feel all of the like the Green and Gold band that I played in before was also played its first shows down there. Uh, yeah. Even the the band that I played in years ago, in 2007, all the first shows were on the deck. So the deck for me is a like pretty much where I learned to play live. And it's it's a shame yeah. that there's nothing down there. Yeah, and it was yeah. also just a place. It didn't matter. I didn't need to know what was going on. Like, if I was going to go out, whatever, I would just go down the deck because I knew there was always going to be good music. Or, like, one of the three bars or four bars or whatever, it'd be there'd be a show worth I want to see. There'd be a punk band here, a rock band here, a metal band here, or a folk guy in in the bull, whatever it might be. Yeah, it was surrounded. Yeah. Well, the bull barrel's still. The bull is still there. Yeah, still there. And they do good shows. Yeah. Shout out to the bull for sure. Tino and the rest of the crowd over there really have a good thing going on over there. Yeah, sure. they, yeah, 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 absolutely. They stood the test of time as well, so it's incredible. Yeah. So, so last, last one standing, yeah, absolutely. Now, um, I just want to go uh, off the cuff here and just ask you guys, all three of you, what is your favorite Beatles album? Because of course, uh, the Beatles for Sale album, uh, the Beatles for Sale tribute band, is the band that you guys all started. But I want to ask you, what is your favorite Beatles album and why? Go first. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite Beatles album? Um, I've always kind of had a soft spot for Magical Mystery Tour. 
Um, That's a George answer. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I really like. Uh, I don't know. It's just, it's just weird. Like flying is cool. I really like the strange George song on it. Um, uh, I really like. Uh, I guess like Penny Lane's on that too, right? Or is that, yeah, was that released stra- as a single? Yeah, Penny Lane, Strawberry Fields, Forever. Lane's I think we're on that album. Yeah, yeah did they make it? They were singles in the same period. They would have been recorded. Yeah, I guess they were all in the same period. It was supposed to be on Peppers. Actually. Yeah, yeah, it was supposed to be on. Sarkis. I do like that period. I mean, I, I like that like '67 like psychedelic period a lot. But I also I, I do like uh, Revolver uh, as well. Oh, that's a good. One. I mean, I think it's hard. I mean, it's hard to really say. I guess like anything from like Revolver up until Abbey Road, excluding Let It Be. I don't. Let It Be is definitely not my favorite Beatles album by far. So um, we've, we've established that. We've established that. that. Yeah, we got to work backwards. Yeah. Yeah. Start saying your least favorite. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, if I had to say one, uh, probably Revolver, I guess, if I had to say one. Yeah, what about you, Curtis? Uh, I don't know. It's a pretty tough question. Like, honestly, I just get into, like, moods where, like, I'll listen to, like, you know, Sgt. Pepper's and like that's my favorite album, but then I like you know fall in love with Abbey Road. But it's but if I ha- absolutely had to pick, uh, uh, it would probably be Sgt. Pepper's just because of like that represents like almost like this pivot change in their career. Like Rubber Soul and Revolver were like um, like the transitioning. Yeah. Uh, like okay, let's start getting out of writing songs for fans and start writing songs for us. And then Peppers was like okay, we've made the switch from we're now writing music we want to write instead of just being like, I love you, you know, you, you, she loves you, you know, everything's about the fans. And then, like, oh, yeah. Peppers was just like, whoa, it's like, it's the most different change from Revolver to Peppers, which is what I love about it. And uh, yourself, Ryan? Think... Oh, go ahead. Can Let I say it. something first? I think, I think my, I think, I think I was completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite, my favorite Beatles record is the White Album. Like, of yeah. course it's the White Album. I, 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 I don't know why I overlooked that. It's, it's, it's not the White Album. close second. That's yeah, it. I think yeah. John's run of songs on that record is incredible. This John is speaking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. fuck playing that. Yeah, it really was. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead, Ryan. For me, my vote is the White Album. Okay. I'm back. Yeah. Cool. What about you, Ryan? Ryan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I could take it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Abbey Road, I would probably pick. I, I, you know, I, I think the the medley on the end of the album is probably their best, like, work. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, songs and stuff, they're all there together that just are probably the best thing they did. So it's, I don't know, it sort of just stands in, regardless of whatever else is on the A side. It's, it's sort of, you know. That sounds great, man. Yeah. And it really <laughs> we'll was. See we'll see. Yeah, and it really was George yeah. George's breakthrough as a songwriter. I mean, uh, for the longest oh, time during sure. the Beatles, you had John and Paul being the principal songwriters of the band, and then George comes out with something, and here comes the sun, and right and right then and there, yeah. he's regarded as one of the uh, job, best George. songwriters on the Lennon McCartney level. And yeah. honestly, yeah. I think George Harrison is probably the best solo stuff post Beatles. None against Paul, oh, John, yeah. or Ringo. But personally, for yeah. me, my yeah. heart lies in that Traveling Wilburys collection that they put out in 1988. Yeah. Handle with care, end of the line, so. tweeter and the monkey yeah. man, perfect. And yeah, absolutely. Love that's that really yeah. Yeah. puts yeah. George ahead of the pack for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to give a listen to Ram by Paul McCartney though. It's a it might change your mind. <laughs> <laughs> Ram's a good record. Yeah, I mean, All Things Must Pass is an incredible. Oh yeah, songs. Yeah. yeah. How how they passed on All Things Must Pass is mind blowing to me. Like how George brought that song into the Beatles. And they were like, nah. Yeah, let's put <laughs> let's put Maxwell Silver exactly. on the album instead. Yeah. You know? I like that Smoog synthesizer riff, though. It, it's really cool, though. But All Things Must Pass, yeah, it should have been included on right. Abbey Road yeah. or Let It Be or something and not save for Georgia's solo. But hey, um, if it wasn't put on Georgia's solo album, I mean, me. where would you be to right yeah. now? Yeah. In yeah. the history in of music. Yeah. Um, yeah. If I had That's to. The good thing about the breakup, too, is like you wouldn't have gotten all the great George songs. Uh, you know, if the Beatles stay together, probably. Yeah. And John's songs. They'd still be doing that like 40, 40, and 20. Yeah. 20 ratio. Absolutely. Or 33, 33, and then like um, 16, 16. Probably not. I don't know what yeah. math is at there. Yeah. yeah. But um, when it comes to Beatles records for me, my favorite is personally Rubber Soul because there's no bad song on that record. I mean, um, 
When it comes to Sgt. Pepper, I don't like the sitar um, song on that album. Uh, I don't know what the song's called. Within, within You, Without You. Yeah, I'm not fussy about that one. And uh, but... He learned the sitar for the Pepper show we did. No way! He actually learned the sitar. <laughs> Sorry, There's Lynch. a video out there of him like sitting down with the Sgt. Pepper's costume on, playing the sitar for that song. Yeah, totally. Grown-up cosplay. Yeah. <laughs> If there is one song that, that I... You were actually doing the thing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it does have one of my yes, favorite yeah, Beatles right. songs ever in Norwegian Wood uh, on um, Robert Soul. And it really does yeah. present that transition, even though the Beatles were still touring at the time. It really presented that transition of, like, you know, just getting out of those generic, like, you know, she loves you and um, I love you, girl, kind of stuff. Yeah, to more, yeah. like, um, yeah. spiritual stuff. And then Sgt. Pepper really mm-hmm. solidified, um, you know, their new direction. And it was their first album that they did when they, uh, you know, they weren't tur- touring anymore and they became a studio band. But um, honestly, their studio stuff, I find, is better than a lot of the uh, old stuff that they did back between, like, 1962 and 1966, with the exception of Rubber Soul and Revolver. Those two are phenomenal albums. I agree, yeah. yeah. yeah you said the word, the transition albums. That's, uh, that's why I love them so much, too. They're, they're both so good. Now, uh, off the success of Beatles for Sale came the group Brookfield Line, and you started this in 2020. Of course, uh, everyone remembers 2020 or doesn't want to remember 2020 as the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. And uh, really where nothing was happening when it comes to tours and shows. You may have had the show here or there and a small island tour, but nothing really big happening. But you guys decided to start a side project. So uh, tell me a bit more about how Brookfield Line came together. I think it was just it was just from that like we couldn't play shows anymore. I think we had to like cancel a few, and I yeah. think we just started like trading ideas online. And me and Len got to a bit of a competition with it, and we still kind of look back and laugh about it. It's like he'd send me a song, and I'd be like, "Damn, that's good, that's good," or "That sucks." <laughs> we'd, we'd be honest with each other, and then just constantly yeah. trading stuff yes. back and back and forth, and it just kind of got fun. So we just kept going with it, and Ryan took in some songs too, and. Yeah, I think it's our chemistry just uh, kind of sprouted from that Beatles project and kind of just worked, you know? It was fun. That's the main thing. It's fun. As long as it's still fun, we'll we'll do it. I mean, like, when you have fun doing all these shows, it's not really considered work, is it? <laughs> a bit of yes, a bit of no. For the show. Like, yeah. Each of the show, it's fun. Yeah, the payoff is, is at the show, but yeah, yeah. It's definitely homework Yeah, uh, to get there, you know? Yeah. So, so it is a bit of yes and a bit of no. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like while we're working, you know, downstairs on the songs, it's it's fun too. You know, it's not like we're like, oh god, we're playing these, we're playing all this music together. But uh, uh, but like, yeah, it does this? take some some effort for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Of course. Um, just from hearing some of your songs that I featured on newfound releases in the past. You guys really have, like, that 50s, 60s kind of, like, Mersey beat, kind of, like, you know, Beach Boys, Beatles kind of inspired sound to uh, the Brookfield Line music. So uh, tell me a little bit more about some of your influences that make up the Brookfield Line sound. Well, Beatles. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, yeah. And Skater, right? Right? Uh, well, I mean, Kurt's a pretty big Beach Boys fan. I like Beach Boys, too. Kurt's. Yeah, like, I was, like, a bit of a late. Like, and Len and Jordy were kind of the reason that I was, uh, I always looked at the Beach Boys as like a surf band. And, um, and Len kept pushing me towards Pet Sounds. And I gave it a listen. I was like, ugh. You know, like, and then I gave it another chance. And I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, oh my God. I get it with an open mind. And I think when I got inspired by all these uh, later career Beach Boys albums, it, I kind of uh, inspired um, a bit of a Beach Boys, Beatles mix in, in my songs and then i feel like we're able to you know len and ryan bring it in their songs it's like if they're kind of like molding their influences with what they're hearing from my tunes too it's i guess that's yeah i, mean, I suppose yeah. yeah i mean i feel like i was in, in my own solo project in my past work like the the band that i had before was kind of like more like an indie rock band so it was like not really as blues influenced as this kind of rock and roll material. The rhythms were straighter. It wasn't quite swung. So, and it was, and, and lyrically it was kind of a different 
saying too a bit more poetic and like in orientation different music so when i'm sort of writing for this project i just try to write songs that are closer to the beatles and closer to class the classic rock stuff that i grew up in and, and like uh, i mean i grew up really liking uh, i don't know the doors and the beatles and i mean beach boys like all, all the big classic rock bands, pink, pink floyd um so on and then i like i said my taste changes as i age but um yeah, I would say that. Uh, he, he, uh, what am I saying? I'm saying I'm saying that like whenever I'm writing for this project, I'm sort of leaning into those like like yeah. throwback sounds. I would say, but yeah. like my my own solo work doesn't really sound like this at all. You know, it's a different thing. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. it would be much the same with it. Like uh, just going off, you know, different groups and stuff that are similar vibe. Like the band would be a big one for me. The band, of course. Oh, yeah. that's a good choice. Just you know, this whole catalog is, you know. Pretty awesome. Uh, <laughs> pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. And like they all sing and all, you know, it's a similar sort of thing. It's a post Beatles kind of band of like, yeah. but they're way more bluesy and they, you know, so it's a similar sort of thing. And now we, we're definitely a little more pop for sure than that. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's it's not like it's a cut, cookie cutter kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you thing. played in like blues combos and stuff. Or yeah, but yeah, yeah. like for years and stuff. Used to, yeah, for sure. Like, like push horns, I guess, a bit more like on this project than like. I guess what the Beatles do, like like Ryan writes all the charts for the the strings and the horns for our Beatles shows. So when we started writing original music, and we had a, like the songs done. You know, we started like you know singing singing melodies and turning them into horn parts rather than singing them. And Ryan just you know writes it down, and says to the horn player, so that the horns nice. will actually typically join us when we have a show in town. We just we just play better when there's horns in the room. I think easier. <laughs> Fun, you know. Um, you described you said you said something there about the band there, Ryan. Um, I would describe their music more as rootsy than anything else, because of course, yeah, uh, for sure, Americana. Yeah, yeah, they used yeah. to be Bob Dylan's backing band, and then of course, uh, we just yeah. lost one of the Canada's best songwriters and Robbie Robertson, who wrote a Absolutely. lot of hits for the yeah. band. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he was the the songwriter. Essentially, oddly enough, he didn't sing any of the songs, but he did write the lyrics and the melodies. Oh yeah. I mean, he was really yeah. great at, you know, crafting those songs, and it really became staples yeah. on, like, classic rock radio or classic kids radio. You name a song that Robbie's wrote, like, it's on there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Now, you guys released your debut single, uh, Pick Me Up, and uh, this is end up becoming the uh, title of the album. We'll get to the album shortly. But tell me a little bit more about the single, uh, Pick Me Up. Um, I think it was one of the, one of the first ones that we, like, did maybe together? I'm, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think Brandon, the first one we did. Well, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, we are, we actually all work together as well. Uh, in like this logistics company. So, uh, uh, you know, we, we work together and we play music together. So that song was kind of just like, it's insp- it was kind of inspired by, it's like little hidden things about like our job in there, but like <laughs> with more of a, Melodic Beatles chorus slapped on top. That's the best <laughs> I could describe it. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe a marijuana reference in there somewhere. You know? yeah. It's got to be. Yeah, um, but that one also we gravitated a more a little more because it was a not weird, but it, the post-chorus it, is a little I don't know um, Beach Boysy, a little airier. I don't know. It's yeah. it's not exactly as poppy. Yeah, there's right. some harmonic exploration. Yes, yeah. it, yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's got a bit more of a, some, you know, ear perkers. Uh, yeah, chromaticism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, James I'm not going to jump in the yeah. word chromaticism. <laughs> I've never heard that word before. You never heard that word? <laughs> no. Chromaticism? Oh, well. Do, would you like to talk about it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd like to ask about that. What, what does it even mean? Uh, well, I'm just talking about, um, you know, so like if you if, if you were to look at a piano and then you look at all the notes on the piano, if you were to say, play not only the white keys, but the black keys as well, and just go up all the notes, da, 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 da. Oh, that's a major scale. I can't yes. say commands, <laughs> but, it's, uh, but it's just like this, to, to play all the notes in between without playing the, let's say, uh, like a major scale, you're playing everything in between. And I, I guess I'm talking about how sometimes with interesting chord progressions, you'll have chromatic movements in there where like where a note will move outside of the normal scale and will give this sort of exotic flavor uh, to the chord progression. And that's kind of what I mean by chromaticism. Gotcha. You learn something new every day, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
<laughs> so, uh, of course, uh, you released the uh, album, which would end up becoming uh, called uh, Pick Me Up, and you had a very successful album release show by the time this does air at the Martini Bar here in St. John's. Um, so for people who are uh, wanting to find out what Brookfield Line are all about, um, what can people expect on this new record? Well, uh, I mean, it's definitely a uh, kind of a throwback sound. Like it is, it is. I think definitely not trying to reinvent the wheel um, in terms of like rock and roll, but it's it's solid, groovy rock and roll music with with hooks and good singing. Curtis is Curtis is a really uh, great big sort of like uh, frontman voice, which I think is a great component of it. Thanks, uh, and uh, yeah, it's good songwriting, and it's uh, there's us, there's you know there's it's uh, it's. It's just good old-fashioned rock and roll, really. Yeah, yeah, you know, we all come from, like, different bands and stuff, too. You know, I lived in Toronto and was doing my, like, I want to make it thing with my band back there, Secret Broadcast. And, uh, you know, Len had a lot of success with Green and Gold and did his project. And Jordy's been, you know, Jordy plays with Kelly McMichael, and he's been BDR uh, with his band back in Toronto, BDR. He rides with Cabot Power, and he's like, you know, uh, this guy can basically just be... Mm -hmm passed out playing guitar <laughs> writing <laughs> charts uh you know um so we all kind of just you that's know, known for we all kind of came together from the Beatles project and kind of i think we just enjoy playing together yeah i think a bit of it is like it's like incorporating the wider influences outside of the beatles into us playing together you know we've been playing yeah. Beatles music for a long time now and it's, it's like, like a bit of a cauldron of everything in there oh yeah influences. yeah yeah, yeah, I would say more like a lot of it too. It, the songs are not. There's not a lot of fat on them. They're most of them are two or three minutes. Yeah, it's true. There's, you know, they're melody hooks. You got a little some riffs and solos, whatever it might be, horns, medleys, whatever it is. But it's all pretty in a tight little package. And then we're on to the point quick. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not a lot of uh, you know. I guess just tonal space and like it's it's not a you know sit down and chill album really no it's, it's, a, it's a listening or you know it's kind of like dancing or, yeah yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah turning on for a yeah it's a lot of it's, uh, it's upbeat i mean it's like it's yeah. a pretty upbeat rock and album yes yeah mm. well uh, well yeah uh, of course uh you guys are um gonna be busy coming up in october uh you guys are up for rock arts of the year at the music nl awards and they're gonna be revealed october 21st uh of course at holy heart and uh by the time that they, uh, the schedule does get more, you know, clearer. But, of course, uh, October 21st is when they're going to be revealed. And, of course, um, big thanks to Music NL for the Media Person of the Year nomination. Um, it's going to be hard to decide who gets the... Congrats on that. Congratulations. Thanks, guys. And um, it's going to be honestly hard to decide who wins and uh, the awards and whatnot because I've not been more invested this year. I've been way more invested in this year than I ever have been because, like... It, I, a lot of you guys are like buddies to me, and you guys are like friends, and uh, it's gonna be hard to choose. But of course, uh, what else is yeah, next for you guys? Great acts. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So, what is next for you guys when it comes to uh, Brookfield Line? Um, we're, we're I think we're kind of just uh, happy that you know the album's done and uh, you know released, and we're just we, we already have a bunch of other tunes kind of in the in the back pocket that we're eager to just start recording those and getting those out of the way so we can keep writing it's kind of the same system we've uh, you know to always have something in the back pocket or you know songs ready to record at every time like any time you know um so yeah, yeah we're just, not too far off being able to prepare for another release really yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like i think between all of us over the last few years we've <laughs> like we have like a dropbox folder that we like share with demos in it and songs in it it's probably over a hundred in there at this point. Oh, wow. it is in there now, yeah. Yeah. Now most of them are garbage. Yes. Yeah. We weed <laughs> out the garbage down to ten. Yeah. We start the process again. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, all songs like that have gotta start somewhere, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And for people who want to keep up on this journey with Brookfield Line and the Beatles for Sale uh, stuff, uh, where can they go to? Uh, pretty much everything's on our website www.brookfieldlinemusic.com all our socials are there link trees there I find the album videos everything you need 
Well, guys, Len O'Neill, Ryan Sheaves, and Curtis Harding of Brookfield Line, congratulations again on the uh, release of this brand new record. Congratulations again on your Music and L Award nomination for Rock Artist of the Year. As well. And uh, and thank you so much again. And of course, uh, hopefully, I can see you guys uh, October 18th through the 21st when uh, Music Celebration Week happens in the home turf of St. John's. And sure. Uh, sure. thanks again for coming on next to connect. We'll, we'll see you week. there. Oh, oh yeah, I got my hotel booked for uh, that week too, and it's gonna be a great time, <laughs> guys. Thanks so much for this. Thanks, you guys. Thanks, thanks a lot, bud. Bye. It's always great to catch up with the guys, Ryan Sheaves, Curtis Harding, and Len O'Neill of Brookfield Line. And on the note of them from their new album, Pick Me Up, here is the title track, right here on the Musical Connections podcast. is way too low and if you need some other place to go well I an end to episode 45 of Musical Connections. Big thank you to the boys of Brookfield Line for joining me on Next to Connect this week, and to all the musicians who contributed tunes for newfound releases. Of course, any question about any segment of the podcast in general, feel free to email me, musicalconnectionsnl at gmail.com. Of course, if you have anything for newfound releases, send it to there. And any questions on Next to Connect, same email. Well, coming up next week on Next to Connect, we're going to be connecting with singer-songwriter Valmy. Of course, she is from originally from Brampton, Ontario, but now calls St. John's her home. We're going to talk to her all about her debut album, The In-Between, why she decided to move to Newfoundland in the first place, and a whole lot more. That's going to be dropping next Tuesday at 12 noon, the day that all new Musical Connections episodes drop, and you can check them out on your favorite podcasting services, whether it's Apple Music, Spotify, or RSS feeds. Once again, thank you so much for connecting this week. I've been your host of Musical Connection, Zach Snow. Stay safe and please be kind to one another. And until next time, safe home.